phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. You better answer it on the pod. I already hung up. There was dad. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went. <laughs> no one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than Sam. <laughs> I, I think it's unusual to see a to see a team control the game statistically and, and still not come away with a win. I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine or comprehend. I've seen a man said blown to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. You're the first caller ever, Wayne from Warn Ponds. Welcome to the Chaps Chat Cats. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's an honor to be uh, the, uh, the first caller, guys. Uh, well, we're on the subject of, uh, of the podcast, and you guys being just uh, just absolutely stand-up blokes. You're mm-hmm. a pack of bloody morons, all right? You're a pack of morons. Just off the top, can we finally acknowledge that I finally put together the perfect intro? Was it different? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel and I'm joined in the Zoom studio by Johnny, the whip of chaos, <laughs> and Sambo, Principal Rig Botel. How are you? Good. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> jolly, jolly, bloody good, mate. Enjoyed this precipitation. It's been a, a, a marvellous little drop of rain, hasn't it, gents? A good drop or eight yep. billion? And a bit of wind. Oh, yes. Can't go past a bit of wind. Can't yes, some, some, wind. Uh, some, some cumulus gathering on the horizon here and there. <laughs> good. A bit of sunshine as well. Yes. Very good. Covered the what weather. What more could you ask for? It was cold. Cool, bro. Tick you catch the game last night. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, we didn't because there was no game to catch. Um, <laughs> no. We've officially this there is was our first to catch. official off-season episode. This is our first one. There's no football to review. There's no footy to oh, preview. Lm, no. No. Nothing. No. Nothing it's, to preview. Nothing it's to like, preview. what are you doing? Listening to this podcast that's about football when we're not going to talk about football. You know what? I'll, I'll say they are, what John. What are we going to talk about? They're being absolute fucking yeah. legends. That's what they're being. That's what the listen, the people Absolutely. listening to the off-season chat, chat cats are being legends. Um, and they're contributing to the show. They've given the five-star ratings. We had another few uh, five-star ratings trickle in this week. We're trying to get to double figures on the five-star Apple podcasts um, reviews. Now, you can just give How us a... How far off are we? We're at six. We need four more. Now, I know there's... Someone will get a prize. That's right. That's right. We've, we've got... The, the deal is, let's get to double-figure five-star ratings by grand final day, and we'll do a giveaway uh, of what, John? What's the giveaway? Uh, the Comeback by James Button at Geelong Cats book from of the cat's history from the 1980s to about 2015 2011 and it is a cracking read mm. and is well worth uh, a good prize and easy to read you can how many pages a couple of days how many, how many, pa- how many pages uh, in that bit i think there's about 350 between 350 oh, nice. 400 
good off season reading. 350, 350 pages for, for, for a mere yeah. five star rating. It's not a bad uh, it's not a bad ratio there. Absolutely not. And it's a great read. Good history on the cats if you haven't lived through it or if you're you're new to the cats and want to learn about the history, then uh, that's the book to go to. Well, and I think even like I sold I, it well. Absolutely, Johnny. So give us the five star ratings. Go and give it now. The key is you can just give us a five star rating. But there's another option here, which is to give us a five star rating and leave a review. And if you leave a review, I can see who's left the reviews. Okay, I can see who has left reviews. Uh, we've got one this week uh, from Zoe. Zoe writes in, gave us a five star review. Great podcast. Fun to listen to. Interesting discussions held regarding everything AFL, M, and AFLW. So thanks, Zoe. You're a fucking champion um, for writing that one in. Sorry. Absolute dead set. So you're in, the, you're in the draw because you've, you've left a review, which leaves me, you know, a name there. So we've got Evan. Evan Rubio is in the draw. Rossi is in the draw. Zoe's in the draw. So leave us a five-star rating and a review because that'll have your name with it. You can leave a question. You could leave some thoughts about the show, sure. whatever you like. How about... How about a way to give more incentive than to write a review? How about if you leave a five-star and then mm. write a review, you get your name in the hat twice? Well, that's definitely... If you just but... leave a five-star review, you get your hat in the name in the, name in the hat. The, 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 the problem so you get a is, double chance. The problem is I can't see who has left just a five-star rating. I can't oh. see that. All it says is that there are six five-star ratings. It doesn't let me see who left them unless you leave a review. Because if you leave a review, it pops up with your name there. It says Rossi Mad Dog left a review. Or Evan Rubio left a review. Um, So that's the key. If you want to get in that hat, go and add a review to your five-star rating. If we go grand final day, we've only got under a week, people. We need four more. Four more five-star ratings and reviews. If you leave a review with your five-star rating, you go in the hat to win Comeback, the book by James Button, which Johnny sold spectacularly well. Um, all right. Packed episode today. We're going to try and get it in in as tight as 60 minutes as possible today. High energy, setting the clock now. Take your energy, energy drinks, folks, and let's get into it. Um, jersey number 34. We have Jim Allen. Wore the number 34 once in 1935. He was the earliest recorded player I could find for the Cats on AustralianFootball.com who wore the number 34. This is not a number that's been hugely popular um, at the Cats throughout history. You've got Ken Beardsley, who wore it in, a, in 25 games. Nickname for, nickname for Alan mm-hmm. is Lollies. Lollies. In fact, I feel like we've already given that to an Allen somewhere. <laughs> I, I feel like we have this well. I was going to say that. What about Key? This, very similar. This is, maybe, maybe they're part of, the, part of the same family. It's uh, They hand the nickname down with the numbers. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. That's as good a good, uh, excuse as uh, we need. Um, Ken Beardsley, he wore it in 25 games from 1955 to 1956. Anything on Beardsley? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I mean, Beardsley seems like it's got a lot of options there, but no, no specific ones. How about here. shave? <laughs> the shave. shave. Done. Um, Peter Walker, 
is the game's record holder, in fact, in the number 34 for the Cats. Peter Walker played in 159 games from 1960 to 1969. And again in 1971, Peter Walker. Well, with, with last name Walker, I think we'll go his nickname can just no relation because I think it'd be, it'd, be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be happy to advertise that one. Maybe even just Frank. Frank. <laughs> Frank Walker from National Tiles. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was a sound drop Colin was meant to work on. Fucking Colin. Oh, oh. Colin. And he still hasn't updated the intro. Just piss poor. Write in, in your review, in your five-star review, leave some feedback for Colin, our, our uh, erstwhile producer. Um, all right, James Rahili. Wore the number 34 90 times from 1998 to 2005. James Rahili. Um, Josh Walker, 33 games and 35 Another goals. One. Another Walker. Another Walker. Johnny uh, Walker. Uh, from 2012 to 2015. And James Parsons, 35 games and 26 goals from 2017 to 2019. They are the latest cats to have worn the number for the AFL men's team. There you go. There you go. There you fucking go. Any current player currently wearing the 34 or is it? Not that I could unused. see. Not that I could see. Um, and no one in the AFL or VFLW sides. So I couldn't find the number 34. Yeah. Um, so, but de- definitely no, no one in the AFL M and I couldn't find a women's player to wear it. So, Maybe there's a men's player in the VFL that I couldn't track down who wears the number 34, but there you go. All right. Maybe it's cursed. (laughs) It's true. Maybe it is cursed. Three, four. I don't know why it would be cursed. Anyone got a theory of why it's cursed? No? Just because. Just because. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Does there need to be a reason? Maybe. Yeah. Absolutely not. Curses aren't logical. No. All right. It's the off season. There's lots of headlines, boys, and I want you to sink your teeth into them for the listener. Um, so let's have some news music, Colin. I mean, this is more like FBI torture chamber music, but um, all right. I thought I could heard this before, like in earlier episodes or something. Yeah. It almost yeah. feels like Colin hasn't invented a new sound drop, but rather has just yeah. reused one that was once used for another purpose. Um, what so, was that purpose, though? What was it? Honestly, couldn't tell you. Honestly, have nah. no recollection. Yeah. All right. News number one. want to start off with this. And, and I'm just going to give you guys the opportunity. You can just go, yes, I want to talk more about this. I have thoughts. Number one, Cats CEO Brian Cook steps down from the Cats after 23 years. Now, that had already been reported. Cut that music, Colin. Um, cut. cut that music, music. Colin. So, CEO Brian Cook steps down from the Cats after 23 years. That had already been reported, but has now taken up a new opportunity at Carlton, presumably a tidy offer. Carlton sprinkled some serious cheddar, cheddar on this man, I reckon, um, for the man who oversaw... Two premierships at the West Coast Eagles as chief executive. Um, those were in 1992 and 1994. And then three flags at Geelong in 07, 09, and 2011. 
some talk as to whether Carlton now have the requisite organisational star power to make another attempt to lure former Hawks coach Alistair Clarkson to the Blues. Chaps, any thoughts on this, how it impacts the Cats? Obviously, you've got Steve Hocking stepping in as CEO uh, in the near future. Anyone got a bite at this cherry? No, I don't don't think it's going to affect the Cats too much. Brian Cook's done a fabulous job for the Cats. He's obviously got us to, or helped get the club out of the ditch and into a pretty powerful club in the AFL. So I don't think anyone can really be disappointed that he's moving on. But as he said, it was already announced that he was stepping down this year. He was going to last year, but because of COVID, he thought he would come back and see out year this year, 2021. So yeah, I'm not not shocked that he's gone somewhere else, somewhere that feels like it seems like it's in a similar boat to what the cats were. So I feel like Carlton's done a pretty reasonable and sensible thing in getting someone who has a really good track record of getting clubs success. So it'll be best for him. And yeah, I don't think getting Cook's going to change Clarkson's mind one bit. I think Clarkson probably want to have a year off and why not? 17 years at one club and then go to another club. But I don't see that happening unless something extremely unexpected happens. But yeah, money yeah. could be, but... <laughs> Drop some bank on him. He's earned a lot of money at Hawthorne. It would have to be a big bank. It would have to be a huge bank, I reckon, but I, I can't see Clarkson going there. So all the best for Cook. And cats will move on, as we always have. Sambo, any thoughts on the uh, Brian Cook move, or shall I skip us on to the next item on the agenda? Uh, no, no, keen, keen to see what uh, what's what's what uh, what happens going forward. Like, not yeah, not nothing, nothing. No, no real strong feelings, but obviously keen to see where the where we're going to go on under the new leadership because he's obviously uh, yeah, quite the name around town. So it's good to have him in there. Absolutely. Um, all right, next point, and I'm sure you had some thoughts on this one, Sambo, so I'll let you lead off hit. Um, Cats coaches, Corey Enright and Matthew Knights depart the club for new opportunities. Enright taking up a position with St Kilda, while Knights heads for the West Coast Eagles, I believe it is. Uh, Knights have been a member of the Cats staff since 2011 as VFL men's coach and then an assistant with the AFL men's side. Enright, obviously, 332 games in the hoops for the Cats before working five years as an assistant down at Cadinia Park, won three flags with the Cats as a player and had a vastly decorated career in the hoops. So what are your thoughts, I guess, on both of these coaching departures or either or and what it means for the Catters moving into 2022? Um, and, you know, sort of, yeah. Um, Knights, I don't have so much of a strong uh, feeling or opinions on um, John may have more. And I'm, I'm, I believe we knew that one. Yeah. Like earlier than we did in rights. Am I correct? Like that's, that's been known for a little longer. Yeah. Uh, and rights is obviously a, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bittersweet thing because he was a, he was a player that was at his height when we were sort of at our height of the football watching and, and um, the fandom of, of the cats um you know absolutely fucking ripper player um mm. and so it's always just been good to have him at the club i think we've we've spoken 
briefly about his the position he was in, you know, was always a bit of a, you know, without seeing behind closed doors, I guess we never really knew exactly why he was in the position he was in as the, the coach of the forwards. Um, but, you know, he seemed to do a pretty, pretty bang up job. Um, so yeah, I, I wish him all the best. Uh, it's, I don't have any strong feelings necessarily about how it's going to change the coaching structure and the, the team because we don't know, but it is, it is just quite sad to see him depart the club after so long and quite a shock. I saw even Jimmy, Jimmy Bartel came out and said he was quite astonished that he would, that he'd made the move knowing him as well as he does. Mm. What about you, Johnny? Anything to add? No, just, yeah, it's good. It is a, one of those bittersweet things uh, letting Corey Enright leave. You know, he's been a, a cat for life and it'd be interesting. It's going to be a shame to see him in different colours next year or be a coaching position. But, you know, you can't, we can't expect them to hang around the club forever. Mm. You know, he might come back in the future to coach backline again or come back and coach a back or do something else within Geelong, but he may even come back and be a head coach. He may go out and get more experience elsewhere, different environment, different ideas on how to coach other teams and whatnot. Be yeah, all the best, like I think all the best for him. It was maybe he's been sent out to sabotage. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's still on our payroll yeah. and he's just going to do a really shit job. That's true. He could do that. <laughs> But yeah, um, Boris it is a shame right. to see him go, but <laughs> Boris and right, undercover. That's right. How about we call him Agent? I can't say Agent O. Agent E. Like Agent E. Mysterious <laughs> name. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I think but from now on we can call uh, Boris. that name associate? I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of something uh, at some point. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Do you guys but, think um, that... Yeah, it's, it's a shame to see. Sorry, this lag's killing my fucking timing at the minute. Um, I was just going to say, do you, do you think it's one of those things too, like having Enright leave? Do you think there's some of these players, you know, who are maybe seeing that there's a fresh influence needed, like guys who were around the successful premiership teams are maybe able to, and I don't know, I'm just, you know, recklessly speculating but you just wonder he's been there over two decades you'd be pretty in rhythm with how things flow and change and i wonder if it's something you know it's an opportunity for him but he might also see it as an opportunity for for new influence you know in the coaching box around the playing group do you think there's any sort of validity to that yeah i reckon that there's a good idea behind that that maybe the he had the idea that yeah, they needed to a change, and maybe himself he needed that change, just get a bit more excitement, a bit more fresh, fresh change, fresh chance, something new, something different, I guess. Because yeah, yeah, as we said, he's been there his entire career, coaching there for a long time. So now he doesn't need a fresh start, and maybe thought leaving the Cats would be the best way for the team to got an extra step that we need absolutely well i guess it'll and and more will probably become clear as it goes on you know depending on who they hire you might sort of be able to 
read between the lines as to what was sort of happening with some of these shifts with Knights going and, and Enright going as well. Um, Josh Jenkins has announced his retirement from football. Now, he was only with the Cats this season, I think, this season or this season and last. I can't remember. It was either one or two years. While two other VFL Cats will not be offered contracts, Cameron, I believe it's Cameron Tarney and Ben Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis managed a debut last season against the Tigers, but Tarney never cracked the AFL men's team. It was hampered by injury during his stint. My only thoughts here, obviously, you know, having the experience of a guy like Jenkins around, you know, in the VFL and around the playing group probably helps. He's played a lot of games of AFL, you know, and that was probably invaluable. Didn't manage to really crack the, the AFL team for the Cats, but, you know, it's still valuable. All these players provide something valuable on the training track, at training, around the squad. So I think as, as the chaps, we wish them well. Uh, wherever their respective careers take them in terms of Tani and Ben Jarvis. And hopefully Josh Jenkins enjoys um, his retirement from footy. If you guys have any thoughts on that or that was enough said. No, just all the best. Enough said. Enough said. All right. All right. Well, this is probably a juicier talking point. Um, Two young guns. Actually, let's go here first. Let's go to Gary Rowan first. So Gary Rowan is set to stay. I found it hard to find like a bunch of detailed information on this one, but there are reports from the Herald Sun that Gary Rowan was going to be given a one-year contract extension at the Cats. Um, I feel like it's interesting, a much maligned player, it's particularly in the national media. Like there's been multiple colourful headlines and quotes about Gary Rowan um, the last seven days from Dermot Brereton and, Kane Corns. If a one-year extension does eventuate, which it sounds like it will, we just don't have the details on it yet. How does that sit with you guys? And I'll go to you, Sam, first as the resident um, writer of Rohan. Uh, what do you think about Gary Rowan as a player and the strong opinions he seems to evoke in, in the media? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously, obviously a big fan. I'm super stoked if he's on the extension. Now, his, his contract wasn't up anyway, right? So the extension would, if it was a one-year extension, that would take him to tw- the end of 2023. Let me have so. a look. I, I'll double check, but I'm pr- I think he may have not had a contract. I'll, I'll, I will have a look while you, while okay. you talk. Sure. My, yeah. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I think he's, I think he's only really elicited these strong responses towards the end of the year. Um when his when his form did dip a little bit, but I think also I wouldn't be surprised if some of it's caught up in this. Uh, oh, what's his? I'm, I just blanked on his name. Uh, is it Adam Trelaw? Yes. Yep. Is that from the Bulldogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that whole back and forth between all the media and uh, and Bevo about you know they were calling Trelaw's performance out, and there was sort of this this opinion that you know Trelaw is quite a you know. A sensitive dude, and he's dealing with some stuff. And Bevo came out and defended him quite heavily, and then that inspired the media. To, I don't know if you guys kept up with this much, but that really inspired some really pretty heavy words against Luke Beveridge in retaliation to his retaliation. Yeah, and it became this big, kind of like a bit of a hill, hill to die on about what the media can say, what's what's fair to comment on, and what's not. Um, and my speculation is that the a lot of the stuff, a lot of the Gary Rowan stuff, and quite probably there's other players that we're, you know, that aren't in our sphere of um, sort of 
our sphere of view so much uh, dealing with it as well that there's now this sort of I feel like the media's come back harder and they're kind of going over these these kinds of incidents like the players drop drop a bit of momentum the players drop a bit of um, performance that these stories are suddenly something that the particular members of the media Kane Corns mm-hmm. um, and oh, who was the other bloke that came out and was Dermot. saying some stuff that there's heaps of them anyway. Yeah. Dermot, certainly. Um, um, Caro Wilson's in there. Oh, they're, they're all coming out sort of in defense of their position as as critics in the media. And I think I do think they're going hard to these players that have perceived mentality issues as opposed mm. to, oh, well, he's, you know, he's, he's injured. So we can excuse that to a certain degree. Mm. I think that they're, they're overlooking the psycho, psychological element of injuries that coming back, you know, learning to trust your body again, trust that part of your body, go as hard as you did, run as fast as you did when you've come back from injury um, is really tough. And I mean, if we look at the, if we look at the cats, not many of them finished the season statistically the way they were going six weeks before the end of the season. Um, Gary's was maybe slightly more pronounced, but that's partly because he was playing some career high football six weeks Mm. prior to the end of the season. You know, with the the game against the dogs and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think I think his dip by his form, his dip was was large. But Mm. I don't think it was such that he went from his standard to shit. I think it's that he went from phenomenal to just not having much impact on the game. Um, so I think that I think the drop looks bigger than it does on some of the other gents um, that were maybe just more consistent. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited if they sign him on again. I think his potential is not yet reached. Um, I think we saw glimpses of it. I think he was he was injured. The Cats in general were, were just were just on a downward slump towards the end of the year. And I hope that this media stuff has the Adam Trelaw effect and that he bounces back. And proves them wrong. Not that they pile on, you know, pile on the mental issues that they are saying are there. Um, you know, I hope that doesn't have an adverse effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jinx. It's a tough one because, <laughs> um, yeah, as you said, not many cats were playing that great at the end of the year. Um, and. It just seemed like after Tom Stewart went down, the whole house of cards was just tumbling and players were losing a bit of confidence in themselves, it felt like. And like Hawkins going on, I feel like plays on with his confidence a lot. And his confidence is up, he can play really well. And when it's a bit off, he can you can tell he's not playing his best. And he played had one really bad game against Port Adelaide, I believe. But then he came back really strong against GWS. That was a really good game that he played. So I'm not sure why now the media just jumped on him because he did play some really good games. And it's it's a bit strange that they all really jumped on him and the whole team against Melbourne didn't perform that well. Like, it wasn't just because Rowan wasn't playing good. It was because the whole team wasn't playing that well. So... They should just say the Cats just didn't play well against Melbourne. This player was not his best, blah, blah, blah. But don't just, you know, all jump on the one guy because 
he's had a couple of bad games in the final one. Do you do you think too? It doesn't do anyone good. There's a bit of like like um you know it's an easy easy target to hit at when you look at the stat sheet and he had one disposal. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 easy to ignore yeah. that everyone else had a poor night when you can more easily just throw the dart at. Well, this guy only had one touch. It's like well yeah, but you know there was a number of players down on form. Um, it is a lot harder yeah. in that forward line when the other forwards aren't doing their you know best work either. I think that's one of those things. Sometimes you have these statistical anomalies that that stick out. Oh, he had one disposal. Well, he's yeah. obviously shit. You know, or maybe a team's lost some games, you know, in a row at home. Suddenly that team is, you know, they can't win at home. They're not, we get fixated on these patterns that are sometimes, sometimes they're telling, sometimes they're just um, coincidental. And, and I think that yeah. the one disposal was simply an easy thing to pin their criticism on. Whereas, as you're saying, Sam, it's, it, you know, the, like the form has been down, but the form has been down for the whole team. Um, yeah, and I, like, I think um, I think the house of cards tumbled a little bit when, as John mentioned, Tommy Stewart left. But also the three the three headed monster just never found its its legs again. Yeah, because you know, we we lost we lost Cameron again for a bit. We lost Rowan again for a bit. Some teams had figured out how to counteract it a little bit. Um, there was just like, yeah. you know, if 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 we were if our if we had Tommy Stewart in there and our team was playing the way they were when the three headed monster was absolutely zinging. I think it's a, it's a completely different story. Um, and yeah, maybe if, if Gary Rowan is having, you know, mental issues or just mentality issues. Um, I don't think that, I don't think it's the media's job to shit on that. Like, well, no, he will know. Chris Scott will know and they'll fix it. Or if, if, if not, if, if it's career threatening, they won't. I, I don't really understand, you know, the media came out and said, oh, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to comment on the, on this stuff. Um, it's probably a bigger conversation, but I think the, the, the discussion of what is the media's responsibility, um, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as clear cut to me as they want people to think. <laughs> well, I think, I think too. I think, yeah, you can say place had bad, bad nights but you can't just jump on him and constantly just keep going at him all the time it's a bit unfair and you know I feel like Adam Shaw's a bit like um, Gary Rowan plays on his confidence and when his confidence down a bit it can affect the way you play and affect you mentally and then you see all these headlines about you how could be leading down the team mm. and whatnot, and it just—I feel like with the AFL and media gone on about mental health, they need to find a way to not just attack players or just keep saying these players mm. are playing bad and let the team down. They shouldn't be playing these games. And whatnot. it's—it's it's funny, isn't it? You know, I mean, Trelaw is also affected by confidence so much, but, but if you look at Trelaw and when they were digging into him that was at the point in the bulldog season that looked very similar to the point in the seasons that the cats ended on and when they started digging the boots into gary rowan now you can look at the way gary rowan turned around against melbourne and got and you know didn't didn't perform didn't turn up and the whole team got thumped i'm very stoked for 
for all that he was able to sort of prove doubt is wrong and had a great game, but he had a great game amongst a team that came out fired up and all were firing on all cylinders. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like Bulldogs were shit and Trelaw was shit. And then the Bulldogs were shit and Trelaw was really good with the game and they, and he won the game. Like there's so many more factors to it to like that. You, you look at that, that they, the whole team came out playing like <laughs> Gary Rowan V Melbourne wasn't Trelaw um v brisbane like it's mm. it's a completely different scenario like a whole thing surrounding it um and that again not to take anything away from trelaw it's just an interesting parallel i think they're very similar stories but they're happening like a few weeks later than each other well it's it's one of those things just a little bit mm. skewed off timeline wise well, it's one of those things too, isn't it? Where it's it's the scapegoat syndrome. Like I said, we always look for, mm. you know, w- w- one thing to blame. But I just, just like on the media thing, and as you said, it's probably a bigger conversation. But I think Chris Scott kind of covered this in a way with the stuff about Tom Stewart and Dr. Peter Larkins saying, well, you know, is, uh, and I'm paraphrasing mm. Chris Scott's words, but, you know, is he commenting in the, in the capacity of a professional or an entertainer? And that's what I think you have to, you know, mm. look at the people who are writing articles in that. Well, is Dermot Brereton a journal, you know, is, is he a reporter or is he an entertainer? And so if you look at us, for instance, I, I view us as entertainers. You come and listen to the Chaps Chat Cats, you're getting the Chaps Chat Cats opinions. We're not reporting you know, hard, cold fact, you know, we're not hitting the, the reporting beat and, you know, getting interviews behind the scenes going, what's going on with such and such. And, you know, we're, we're looking at what's happening to the best of our ability. We're offering our opinions on what has happened, but it's only ever opinion. Um, and either people like it or you know, they find it accurate and that's good. Or they think we're a bunch of jokers and they don't listen. That's fine. But I think that's the thing where people are saying, you know, Oh, well, it's our duty to report. Well, okay, so long as you're reporting, which means sticking to stuff that's factual, that's clear, that, that's, mm. um, you know, quantifiable. Once you enter into speculation, yeah. you're starting to enter the, the realm of being an entertainer, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd use, the, I'd use the, the term entertainer lightly because it's not entertaining, but it's... <laughs> It's yeah. something else. It's like yeah. reporter, journalist versus media personality. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's probably you know. a good way to put it. And I yeah. think the, I think the AFL media does walk that that weird line where they're all mostly ex players, and they're mm. you know it's kind of this this overall club that they look out for each other, and it's like you'll finish, we you come and come and do some calling, do some special mm. comments, blah blah. And I think you know they're called on to give opinions, mm. and sometimes they're the things that they're, you know, who, whoever it was, I think it was Kane Corns that, that, you know, called out Gary Rowan really harshly. You know, you don't even know that he's been watching Gary Rowan's season that much. Yeah. Maybe he has. Maybe this is his fully formed every second of gameplay opinion. Or maybe in context, he does his little segment where he talks about, like, you know, like it's, it's his whole segment is themed around, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's basically he's going to say some really inflammatory fucking yeah. swing for the fences stuff when he comes on the show. Um, you know, and again, that goes into, as you said, Jake, media, uh, like an entertainer. And I, 
it's not very entertaining, but it's certainly more media personality, you know, skewed towards trying to be entertaining as opposed, and they, you know, saying things like Gary Rowan's got mental issues, his performance, like his form, his best to his worst is the biggest discrepancy in the league. Right. Like that's a big call. Like, has he gone and looked at all the players statistically <laughs> rolled out the stats and gone, okay, so this is Gary Rowan's best and it compares to the best of every other player in the league this way. And then his, his, no. his, you know, worse is comparing it. Like he has. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I don't, I don't expect them to, if they want to make those kind of claims, but if they want to make those claims and then get shitty when people push back, yeah. that's, you know, Hypocrisy. that's, that's where it gets weird. It's like, yeah. Just kind of, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. if if you're untouchable, like if the you can say anything about the players, why can't we say anything about you? Yeah. Why can't Luke Beveridge say what he said? Why can't you know? Yeah, su- suddenly it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why whoa. are you bringing anyone's wife yeah. into it? Is what they said to, said to Beveridge. It's like, well, why are you bringing someone's personal yeah. mental health into it? Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, I, I thought good on Beveridge for sticking up for his players. Yeah. I think every coach. I think I think he went far. I think I think people that say he went he went far, like he said, than he needed to say. Mm. I think it's true. Like he didn't need to say all that necessarily and get his point across. But I think he's a hundred percent within his right to say that, and Mm. I think good on him. Like, (laughs) like I don't get why the media aren't a fucking protected species. It's no. um, you could just tell he's just getting more more angry, and he just let the lid off and sort of fuck this. Mm. I'm gonna let him have it, and good on him. But that plays well Fair enough. You've got a playing group. If you're a too. coach, mm. yeah. If, if you're a coach, you, you're as so many people say to, they can be father figures to so many young mm. players, and a good way to earn respect and your trust and trust and and support and whatnot and the possibility to get the best out of any player is to stand up for them when they need it. Or if they don't ask for it or whatever, if you see a coach sticking up for you, or like that's, that'll make you do just about anything and try even harder. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got, you've got to know. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with what both of you guys are saying. I don't think it's, as you said, it's almost sometimes like I think that people want, one set of rules for one group of people within the industry and one set of rules for another that I will, you know, then we can comment on coaches and players, but they're not allowed to comment on us. I think, well, it's either, either it's, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, Anyway, let's move on to this last point. We get it before we spin the wheel of grades for the first time uh, in 2021. Um, and that is Johnny. I'll throw to you first here. We've got two young guns going in different oh, directions. Quentin Narkle has signed a one-year extension with the Cats, despite heavy speculation during the season that he would depart. What does a one-year extension say for Sparkle Narkle? Um, is this one more year to see what pans out? A chance for him to build his, you know, his value or earn the spot? What are your thoughts on Quentin Narkle and this one-year extension? I feel like this is a good opportunity for him to earn his spot in this team. I feel like there could be like a few hidden clauses in there. Maybe there's a few like milestone ticks in there that maybe if he 
you know, plays a certain amount of games and gets a certain amount of disposal, whatever. Maybe gets a bit of extra money and uh, talks will be a bit easier on the next contract. But I feel it's a good, really good opportunity for Narkel. I feel like there's going to be a few changes possibly in the midfield for the Cats this year. And I feel like he's going to, he could have a pretty regular spot. And I feel like it's a good, really a, a fantastic opportunity for him to really spot in this team and just maybe try, maybe they're just like, well, we'll give you another year. We'll give you as many games as we possibly can at this position. If you're still, and if you're happy to stay, we'll extend it. If not, well, then we can trade you. Your value may go up a bit. We can benefit and you can benefit as well. And yeah, I feel like good on the cats for getting him, good on him for staying, especially mm. on the such heavy criticism. I'm pretty sure about halfway through the year, nearly everyone in the media was like, oh, he's gone. He's not going to be at the cats next year. Yeah, that's a certainty. He'll be elsewhere. Don't know where. It was going to be Richmond at one point. I think even us three at one point were also yeah. thinking that he was going to probably move on. And that this was probably totally surprised me. Totally surprised me that he's there. So big, big shock. Yeah, I was a bit surprised when it said that he was basically going to stay. I was shocked, but also pretty happy. Like, that's good. Yeah, I think good on him for staying. I think you've laid out why like a one-year extension is the way. I wouldn't say it totally surprised me considering it's a one-year extension. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's mutually beneficial. It makes sense in so many levels. I think it makes a lot of sense with where he was at. Not towards the end of the year so much. And I'm still holding like, yeah, I'm not sure if, if, if he disappeared off the radar because of negotiation, because of some kind of negotiation tactics or if Chris Scott was really falling back on the experience as, as the year went down the toilet a little bit, if he was really banking on experience and, um, and Narkel just didn't have any kind of scope to be, to be in that selection. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it makes sense. If you look at where he was at like halfway through the year, I think if you'd set a one year extension, I think it would make a lot of sense. Mm. Things just got weird towards the end and we don't really know. We don't really know why I can't see behind closed doors. Um, so yeah, I was, I, I was pleased. I'm, I'm happy. Um, I'm happy stuck around, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. It's not, it's not a bloody, you know, if they said it's a three year deal or something, I'd, I'd be surprised, but I think the, the one year, like you said, John, should make sense for everyone. Yeah, it's absolutely like Johnny said, mutually beneficial. Um, totally get it. I, I'm quite happy with it. I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad all around. I'm happy that we get to see another year because he did put in a good first part of the season. And, you know, maybe that's what we're looking at is going, well, we really liked your first half. Do you want to keep staying? We, You know, I guess there's that potential with the Cats that he's looking at the list and going like, I'm right on that fringe. And it's only going to be, there's only going to be more opportunity open up in that Geelong midfield. Put it that way. There's, you know, a lot of players, yeah, they're, not, they're not getting any younger. Um, so he's stuck it around. Sambo, want to get your thoughts on a dude who seems likely now to go the other direction, and that's Jordan Clark, um, who has reportedly met with Fremantle coach Justin Longmuir while staying in WA after the defeat to Melbourne in the prelim final. 
He's actually still got one year left on his deal with the Cats after being taken with the 15th overall pick in the 2018 draft. First off, what do you think? If he goes, is that the Cats' loss or is this an opportunity to build back some some draft capital? What are your thoughts on Jordan Clark if he you know, gets traded out a year before his deal's over? Um, I think... I think the Cats are in a pretty good position there in terms of if he stays, I think he's got promise. Um, I think there's, there's certainly potential there, but if he goes early and we, when we get some, uh, you know, some clout for the draft, then, you know, that's something that we, we definitely could do with. And, you know, um, our, our team that used the, use the draft have used it pretty well in years gone past. So that's, that's a benefit as well. Um, He's another old player that just never never quite got his chance to find his feet this year. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of, you know, if it was really cutthroat, like they give him a chance and, you know, he fluffed a game and then it's like no chances for you until we, we're, we're bloody desperate or, you know, going back to just the dearth of talent that the Cats have and how deep their side is. It's it's tough to crack in. Um so from the from the cats, I'm not too concerned. From his point of view, um, I can see why he'd leave, but I think I th- I think he would. Yeah, I think he'd he'd miss out a little bit. I think he'd find you know <laughs> find a future at the cats. I think he would. I don't I don't look at him. I don't know about you guys, but I don't look at him as being the next superstar. I don't think I don't think he's going to go, and we're going to go. Oh, we had the next Dusty Martin or the next. Bontempelli or like, I don't think, I don't think he's that kind of player. Um, but he could be like a, um, you know, just in terms of like star power here, not in terms mm. of positioning or, or um, impact or anything. He could, he, he strikes me as more of a Menegola, the kind mm-hmm. of guy that's, that he could be really good, but he's probably never going to set like the media on fire necessarily. Um so if he does go and become, I, I don't really see him as the kind of player where we're going to have this constant reminder of fuck, we lost him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I th- let, let him get away. Um, if I was him, obviously, because I love the cats, but I don't, I don't think the cats really lose either way here. I think they're in a good position with Clark. Absolutely. Um, John, yeah. any, any right. thoughts to add to that one? Yes. No, I was just gonna say I don't think there's many cats players that we've lost that we've been like, oh shit, how do we lose him? Apart from obviously Gary Ablett. I was gonna say yeah, that fucking like Ablett guy. <laughs> Ablett he? guy, but he came back. He came back. <laughs> he, came, he came crawling but, back. But apart from that, I feel like the cats are pretty good at retaining the players you want to keep and ones that do want to leave are pretty happy to go. Well. Well, if we get a good good enough deal, then we're happy for you to go and all the best. So I feel like it's really up to him. If he wants to stay, then great. If not, then that's unless he's young. Still, and Australia's. And hope does decide to go because it would be tough living in another state during the COVID times, not be able to see your family or anyone. 
And so, not yeah. even getting a room the, uh, in yeah. the ones. Yeah, as <laughs> so they say. being off as well, so that's even harder to even get a fair crack in that. So, yeah, uh, there's no real like, shame that if he does go, but if he does stay, yeah, good. But is he going to get a proper crack at the Cats if he stay? That's the other question you have to ask. And I can't really see him getting a constant go in the Cats team at the moment this year. Like, this year, didn't really, and I can't see it changing much next year. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I, th- I think those are all totally, totally fair thoughts um, in, in agreement with you um, yeah, on all those points. And I think it is, like you said, Sam, it is a good win-win. Either you keep him as a talented youngster who you know still has the potential to break into the side or you have a really valuable um, you know, piece to acquire draft capital, um, which you need as well. So I think it can be a win-win for everybody. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into the Wheel of Grades. The Wheel of Grades. So this is something we're going to do for a few episodes. Um, basically, we're going to get Colin to spin the wheel, the Wheel of Grades, the mighty Wheel of Grades. Picture something very medieval, basically. Big, you know, wooden wheel with steel bolts and things spinning around in the in the dungeon. Oh, Sam's got a, or maybe picture something more like a you know kids kids bike sort of attire. Um, They're close. So it's, it's somewhere between those two things. I that's think right. It's a medieval spike the dungeon. It's a kids bike wheel somewhere in there. A plastic kids bike wheel. Blue. Got a blue with plastic. The red axle. So the 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 and yellow body conceit is that we will spin the wheel of grades. Um, we'll basically take turns. So Sambo, you're going to be first up. We're going to spin the wheel of grades, and it's going to spit out one of the 35 players who have played at least one game for the Cats in 2021. And you're going to give us a quick summary of what you thought of their season, and then a letter grade from D minus through to A plus. All right, it doesn't have to be massive recap, but give us, you know, give us a concise little thing of what you thought of their game and then the letter grade. And we can just add on any thoughts if we want, but I'll I'll try to keep I'll try to keep it snappy from my end. All right. So we'll give the wheel a spin. Come on, Colin. All right. Colin just catch his finger in the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He might have got a splinter. <laughs> so the first one, Sambo, it spat out Gary Rowan for Sambo. Oh, shit. Good enough. Who's that? Who's that? Any more perfect. All right. Is this rigged? Have you rigged no, this? Rig, rig, or rig has rigged it. No, totally random. Fucking. Um, the uh, the. Ginger Cat. Um, uh, Gary Rowan had a had a, a year of, I guess, ups and downs. Um, you know, he he cemented himself at the height of my my man love rankings um, with his with his 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 just absolute X factor effort when he when he's on point and his confidence is in. You know, as I said, my ideal game from Gary Rowan is not a 
fuck ton of goals. Not a bag of goals, but it's a lot of tackles, a lot of spoils, a lot of crash and packs, even if he doesn't take the mark. It's about the effort and just disrupting the defense's plans is really why you have Garrett Rowan in the side. And also to step up in the big moment. Hopefully, keep all after a siren or two, maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, so those those are my you know my main my main priorities for for a Gary Rowan game and why we have him inside. And in his defence, I think we saw that more than we didn't. I think for those that say he's you know his form is shit, I think we saw him in his best more than his worst this year. I think it's just tough because we saw him in his worst at the end. You're you know. It's fresh in your mind when you the, the when you see the, the the last thing you see is always fresher in your mind. Um, I think he's he's a fucking fantastic player and he still has untapped potential. Um, so for that in mind, if we if we're looking at like, are we going up to A or are we going like A like plus anime style? A like plus. Where S is the to, best. It goes all the a. way up to S to A and then to S. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I was thinking, S I was thinking you go as low as low um, as D minus and as high as A plus. There you go. All right. Now, like I, I, I'd love to get into this. Like, is is an A plus? Is this an A plus for them? Is this A plus for their potential? Is there some ideal overall football A plus performance? We'll get into that another time. Sure. Um, <laughs> if Nick, you know, I think I think Gary Rowan can reach can reach A plus next year on. The whole, I think, this is a solid B plus. B plus for Gary Rowan. I, th- I tend to agree with that. Um, um, agree. All right. Are you happy to move on to your first? We're meant to keep it concise, but I got fucking Gary Rowan first. Up. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, Johnny, you ready for your first wheel spin? I guess I am. All right. Let's see spin what. Spin it, Colin. <laughs> That's the effort required to spin the wheel. <laughs> it's a heavy wheel. But it's a really heavy wheel. Absolutely. All right. The wheel has spat out. Interesting oh. one here. Sam Simpson. Johnny. Oh, Sam, Sam Simpson. Simpson. Yes. Oh, well, that was a good year. He didn't play a whole bunch of games. Four games. But every game he did play, the socks up. Nice and high. Mm. <laughs> like, yes. Excellent. Um, Definitely. A-plus sock action. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that already puts his grade up higher than the average player at the Cats. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought, um, was it four games we saw him play? Yep. I feel like that the four games he played was very solid. It brings a good amount of composure and, and kicking ability to the team. And he got in. Did he get injured towards the end, or just? I'm trying to think now whether he was injured to start the season. I feel like he played early, got injured, and then worked his way. I think he was one of those. Didn't it just say managed when he was left out? I don't. I don't know that it it is any real conclusive. No, Um, but yeah, I feel like that he's got a good future at the Cats, and I'm going to give him a nice, nice, solid. B for this B? year from you know, it's hard to give a high grade than a B on four games, but four games he played were all definitely B B, B worthy. I agree. I agree with that entirely. All right. Um Colin, spin that wheel. 
This one's my pick, so let's see what we spit out here. You'll know if it's rigged if I get Tom Stewart. Um, I got Nathan Kruger. All right. Nathan Kruger. All right. So Nathan Kruger only played two games. I think it was the Kangaroos game down in Tassie that was a real arm wrestle. So I think Kruger showed why he's so sought after. Collingwood have made him a big offer um, to, to try and lure him away. The Cats want to keep him, but Collingwood, I think, have offered him, I don't know, a multiple-year deal. Um, I think he has remarkable athleticism and agility for such a big guy. Um, some things that stood out for, for me was not only his ability to go up for marks, you know, in the style of your Lockie Hendersons and that, but then to pursue and pressure on the ground to find his way through traffic, those pressure acts, um, you know, the times where he, you know, plays where he made one smother, you know, hit the deck, got up and made another one. I just thought there were so many signs of what he can do. I think he's another great example of a Ford that's gone through Matthew Scarlett's, you know, defenders factory um, and has emerged out the other end as a really important key position player. I think as like small sample size. So I guess this sort of shows to me um, like what you're talking about, Sam, what does this mean? I, I think we can judge these guys based on what you would expect from them within the context of what the amount of time they got on the ground how they performed, where they're at in their career. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to give him a B plus. I thought he acquitted himself well the two times he was called up. And I think he's, he's one I'm desperate for the cats to retain. So that's my thoughts on Nathan Kruger. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's especially if, if Hendo was to, you know, I don't know how, how long (laughs) got in, um, you know, it, you'd like to think he'd be at the club for a while and ready to step into some big shoes. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We are back to Sambo. You happy to do one more round of wheel of wheel of uh, grades? Yeah, let's Jeff? do it. All right. Let's yep. go through one more. This is this fucking lag. Things are a little off the listener when you're listening. This this lag is all over the shop tonight. Yeah. I just had John responding to Jake before Jake was done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hopefully. So I could see into the future of what Jake was saying because John was already responding. Hopefully that doesn't come through in the report. I don't know what's going on. My internet was great oh. not so long ago. Um, all right. So, Sambo, your second player is Asava Radagalia. Oh, oh, this is, tonight's easy for me. It is. So this easy. shit's easy. You fuck. Um, <laughs> love, <laughs> love, love the big rat. Look, love him. Um, bit like Gary Rowan, as we've said, we, you know, people hang shit on him because oh, he doesn't kick this many goals. Blah 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 blah. I'm, I'm still not looking to him. We've got Tom Hawkins. We've got Jeremy Cameron. If we want a shit ton of goals right now, right away, we've got the guys for the job. What we need is people to lock it in there to stop the Aaliyah Aaliyahs from running all the, all over the top of us. We want the players like Gary Rowan that make the defenders and the peripheral defenders, the guys coming, the, you know, midfielders and that coming back to defend. We want the players 
to make their life hell so they can't get rid of the ball easy to give Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron more opportunities for more goals. And then on the side, kick a couple here and there. That's what we want for Rowan. And at the moment in his career, I think Rat has the opportunity and the potential to become a big key forward. But at the moment where he's at, he's still learning his all passion and fire. And I think what he, what he delivered mostly towards the end of end of the year was what I'm, I'm very happy to see from him crashing packs, making, making life difficult for defenders, picking up a goal here and there going for marks, even if not grabbing them and just not giving defenders easy ball. Um, I think he did that really well. Do I think he's at the, at the peak of his potential? No, I reckon, I reckon, honestly think he's about halfway. I think he's, I think he's got a long, a long journey ahead of him in a good way. He's got, he's, he's going to improve and he's going to add a lot of things. Selection was tough. So he's, he's another player that was hard to, it's a little bit hard to grade because he wasn't always in the squad. Mm. I don't know how many games he played this year, but it was seemed kind of like it was every other one. Yeah. <laughs> like he was in and out and then in and then out again. Um, but yeah, if we're looking at, if we're looking at his potential, um, you know, for what we'd expect from him, um, I, I'd probably give him another B plus. I think he was, he was, he was pretty consistent. I just don't think he's, I don't think he's where the cat fans want him to be. But I think their expectation at the moment is unrealistic and and unrequired. You know, we don't need Tom Hawkins again when we've got Tom Hawkins in the side. <laughs> I'll just add to um to, to the thoughts about Radagalia, just a statistical thing. So first, what did he say? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of the season he played, he kicked two goals, two. And then his remaining, I think it's about nine games, I think they played seven games, something like that. Anyway, his remaining games, he kicked nine goals, three. So I, I think... You yes, know, that's he's, good. I think, yeah, I think, we'll, I think we'll see that kind of trajectory from him for the next two years. I think two, three years from now, um, hopefully he's still the Cats, but I think he'll be a really dependable player and I think his improvement will have been that big Again, like just continuously talking about him soon enough and going, how do we stop the rat? Mm. Absolutely, hundred percent. No, love that. Love fair, fair grade. I think again, based on absolutely um, on his game time. Uh, all right, what are we up to? What are we up to? Another wheel spin, Johnny. We're up to Johnny's yes. second wheel spin. <laughs> Colin's just about going to bust a hernia with that wheel. <laughs> need to need to whack some W. D40 on yeah. it, make it a little easier for him. All right, Absolutely. Johnny, your second and final player on the Wheel of Grades Part 1 is Brandon Parfit. Ah, oh, Puffy. Parfit. Play that Anchorman sound up again, please. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Apart from... <laughs> Absolutely devastating and that just seemed to be the end for the Cats year where every week some player got injured or a player went off with a hamstring or whatever the fuck happened towards the end of the Cats year. Um, it was a really disappointing, heartbreaking end of the year for him and mm. you could tell it really hurt him a lot. But apart from the ending, which was a shame and sucked a lot, 
I thought Parfit was outstanding. Um, lead tackles. Uh, was it pressure acts as well? Basically, anything to do with pressure, Parfit was just elite, nearly elite at, and brought a lot to the Cats midfield. Really stood up when was required of him. Mm. When Dangerfield wasn't there, he was nearly able to take on that Dangerfield type role, really bust those packs, get the ball out, provide that pressure, that tackling, and some really good kicks. I believe he got a few goals as well, a lot of center clearances, and he's still building on his potential as well. So we're going to see a lot more of him. Um, he's going to be a absolute star at Cats in the years to come. And I'll give this year for him an A. First A. Absolutely. A very consistent year for him. 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a totally fair thing. I, th- I think he was a massive out. It's sort of overshadowed in a lot of ways by the Tommy Stewart one. Um, he was such a crucial out. Um, all right. Well, we spin it one more time for myself. Spin it one more time. Come on, Colin. You got one more spin here. Cool, bro. You can't. Oh, what are you doing, Colin? You fucking spin the right wheel. Spin the wheel, Colin. Oh, don't scream in the hell conversation. Spin the wheel. <laughs> there was no game last night. We've fucking been over this. All right. My final one is Jed Buse. All right. Jed Buse. Ah, oh, Busey. Iron Man. Uh, only one of two cats to play all 25 games this season for the cats. Um, just a hard, uncompromising footballer who do- wouldn't look out of place playing in the eighties and nineties. I reckon Busey, no nonsense, meat and potatoes kind of footy player, but maybe he did. Maybe <laughs> they just cloned his father That's right. <laughs> and just renamed him. They Jeff. cloned his father. <laughs> <laughs> It feels no, like there was a simpler way. Like, but, you know. Yeah, there probably was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they cloned his Jed Views. He's actually kept, you know, the real Jed yeah. Views is kept in a basement. What we think is Jed Views is the clone yes. of Jed Views's father yeah, who Andrew. wanted to play football again. So he trapped his son and instead of saying he cloned his father, they cloned his father like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they cloned Andrew Hughes and then renamed him Jed Hughes. So That's right. <laughs> or possibly out. Jed Hughes. Jed Hughes is just really good. Yeah, exactly. That so, could be a much, much more realistic. I think like plausible outcome. He's underrated, like many of those Geelong players. Like not as flashy um, as you know what your Tom Stewarts, even your Mark uh, Blixars do. What, just, those dance moves he was pulling. At the end of the year, that was just pretty flashy. That's that's something I think that's a, yeah. an undersung part of his game is how he can operate in a phone booth. Like he can find space, he can break ankles with a with a few bloody spin moves and fast cuts in and out of traffic. I think that's an underrated part of his game. Also, a nice kick for goal on the run. I think he only kicked maybe three, mm. maybe four goals, but when he gets onto one, uh, he loves to kick a snag. Does Jed Buse? I think he's just a, a classic 
Geelong footy player, uh, a core member of that back line. And I'm also going to give Jed Buse an A, I think, for when where his game is at, you know, his ceiling, his floor, where he's at in his career. I think an A is is I think he can be really proud of his efforts in 2021, Jed Buse. Um, yeah, all right. So there we go. To run through, we had Jed Buse <laughs> with an A, Brandon Parfit with an A, Gary Rowan B plus, Radagalia with a B plus, Nathan Kruger with a B plus, Sam Simpson with a B. So that's the first edition of the Wheel of Grades. I thought that was pretty good. Hopefully, the listener enjoyed that one. Hopefully. Hopefully. Cool. <laughs> we didn't put them to sleep. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, as we said, we'll try and get through a grade for every player, all 35 players that played at least one game. We'll try and get through a grade for all of them across the next month or so as we churn through more spinnings of the wheels. Chaps, anything to add before we fuck off? Go Cats. No. Okay. I'm, I'm, for no reason. Yeah, go, go Cats. Go I'm, cats. I'm keen right. to, yeah, now that we've got the ball rolling on these off-season podcasts, I'm keen to to get back into more, sink our teeth into it now that we're, we're, we're on where the ball is rolling. The year has ended, but we now have proof that the year has not ended. Absolutely. We're still here. In Absolutely. Else. Still here. Go and give us a five-star rating. Include a review if you want to go in the draw to win a copy of uh, James Button's comeback novel about the cat's history. Um, again. We want it. We'll draw it on grand final day. But in order to trigger that draw, we need to get to ten. We're at six. We've got six five-star ratings. Go and give us a five-star rating. And if you want to be in the draw, chuck in a, a written review as well. It only has to be a few words. Can be great stuff, chaps, or good pods. These guys just are be more five like. stars. I want the fucking book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or five stars. Book. Get fucked. That's right. <laughs> exactly. It could be. Get a new producer, you know, Colin. Yep. Fuck off. Um, hopefully, we'll figure this fucking internet sort out. out. This lag somehow. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back in a yeah. real studio. Soon. Oh, Christ, that'd be nice. It'd be lovely. Wouldn't it? Face to cheek. Right up close to breathing <laughs> each other's mouths yep. while we talk. Yeah, well, we've right. only got we've only got one microphone. It's got a very small range. Yeah, that's right. We've got a really it does. The <laughs> chaps only fans. Go cats! Oh.